All right, so welcome to episode 20-something, 21, 22 of BrewBits. We're here at Kushwa Brewing in Williamsport, Maryland. Go Kushwa. Um, in the Kushwa Basin, which is pretty rad. Um, before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Buffalo Wild Wings, um, and also Garage Bar Radio Network for letting us use all this sweet equipment to come out and talk to our favorite brewers about the awesome stuff that they do in their breweries. Um, so here today, I have Garrett with me. Um, Garrett's a friend of mine. We uh, shot a live show at Buffalo Wild Wings about two weeks ago and uh, had a great conversation. I thought it was uh, definitely worthy to have him come on to the podcast and do uh, a full episode or however long we end up sitting here talking about beer. Um, Because for one, I really liked your guys' story as a uh, small brewery um, opening up near me, near where I live here in the heart of Maryland, basically the gateway in between the eastern and the far western, kind of in the little uh, narrow part. So, anyways, we're here, dude. This is your brewery. So, let's uh, let's get out of the way first. How you guys started, and uh, and give us a little background on you and and uh, the partners. And then after that, we can just start peeling back beer stories and talk shit about your beers and whatever else we need to do yeah for sure so well thanks for coming out we appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast and it was definitely good bullshitting with you last time um unfortunately it wasn't uh no one could hear it yeah i know (laughs) because all my friends were like wait can we listen to this and like never but trust me it went really well yeah it was was really good uh so about us you know this uh our brewery is super small. Uh, this is a thing that we, I think like a lot of guys out there had been talking about for a long time. You know, everybody that comes up through the ranks as a home brewer kind of dreams about opening a brewery right. and then realization kind of sets in and, and uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense financially and for a million other reasons, yeah. you know, which we were talking about earlier. Um, so it's, it was a thing that we kind of bounced back and forth on for a long time. Um, so there are three of us. I'm Garrett. Uh, Scott and Marcus are the other two. Uh, we're all uh, locals here. I grew up uh, in the Boonesboro area. I went to school there. And then Scott and Marcus are from Greencastle. So cool. uh, even though they're right across the line in PA, this is still kind of home base for yeah, all of yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so through the years, uh, we, we were all homebrewing, but we also left here all of us to go to school in different places and have lived in other places and then kind of moved back home and this is just something that we're passionate about and we've been into craft beers consumers for a really long time Mm -hmm. um and you worked at a brewery in vermont too correct i did for a while yeah so so right before uh starting this i was living up in burlington and i was a school counselor full-time but I was working in my buddy's brewery, uh, Four Quarters, so shout out to Brian Eckert. Thanks for everything. Uh, I worked there for, I guess, about a year and a half, and uh, his place was about the same size as our place. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty small. His, his space is in a garage, real rustic and cool. Um, 
but I learned so much, you know, working there. And, yeah. Um, it was kind of an all-hands-on-deck situation, so everyone that worked there basically did everything. You know, it worked the tap room, brew, clean shit, just whatever needed to be done. Right. It was really, for me, it was perfect exposure um, to kind of learn the commercial side of things because making that leap from homebrewing directly into your own brewery uh, is is really challenging, and not that it can't be done, because there are a lot of good brewers out there that did right. exactly that. But it gave us some good business perspective um, on this. So, um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot up there, and um, so we, when we really kind of got serious about this, Scott and Marcus went to a a meeting that was held here in Williamsport mm-hmm. uh, and it was put on by the town of Williamsport because they were specifically looking for someone that might be interested in something like this. Right. So they brought in uh, Kevin Attix, who's the uh, head of the Brewers Association mm-hmm. of Maryland, to kind of give yeah. a talk and just um, let people know that Williamsport was interested and to see if there were any local people that would want to do it. Right. And I mean, that right there, like that part of your story is, I think to me, probably like one of the raddest because you have a community reaching out that sees not only uh, the value uh, per se, like tax revenue and things like that, that a brewery obviously uh, brings to the community, but also something that is one of a kind that these smaller communities and smaller areas are looking for to fill a void that they don't have. And I think that that, I mean, it's so cool, especially for them to reach out to like Brewers Association and bring someone in mm-hmm. looking for that is is super awesome. I, I hope that that continues because that's a pretty fucking rad model to be able to go off of for other you know communities that don't have a brewery or a distillery or something like that the community kind of stand behind so i think that's a fucking awesome part i agree i I think it's it's really neat and you know beer brings people together man like outside of like you were saying all the financial you know the the financial aspect of it with tax revenue and things like that it just beer beer this is a gathering place you know this is what you know this is what we wanted this was our through all of our travels i was telling someone recently I, i we've we've had to have been in breweries in 40 different states between the three of us, you know, and around the world. And through all of those travels and all the time thinking about what we would want this place to look like, this is kind of the collection of all those ideas that would also fit here in our community. And and so far, it's proven to be exactly that. And I think that's one of the things that we're the most proud of is that this space is just easy to be in for people. We get... We get people from, you know, early 20s all the way up through, you know, 70s and 80s yeah. co-mingling. People play games. They hang out. It's communal. It's it's just a really cool space. And it's something that Hagerstown area didn't necessarily have in this way. Um, there are a lot of sports bars. There's a lot of chain restaurants. And, and you know, I guess all those things have their place, and that's fine, but... Um, we really wanted to bring something to town that that's just a little different uh, that you would find in more maybe more progressive communities. You know, I'm yeah, thinking about like yeah. Nashville or right. you know, like a Denver or something like. That. Well, I mean, and that's and that's something like when you walk into a place like this for me. I mean, especially especially the smaller breweries, but you see this in in larger brewery tasting rooms and things like that. Is the first thing that always comes to my mind is you know I can go to a sports bar anywhere in the U.S. and I'm watching TV, A, while I'm in there, or I'm on my phone. Like, And it's right. a shitty thing to say, but I'm just not interested in the space around me yep. because I've been there. And you walk into a place like this, or 90% of the breweries I've been in, no TVs. 
you don't even find an opportunity to pick up your phone because you're intermingling with people. You bring your family, and I think that that uh, that. Uh, community or, or space that, that this industry is creating is, is becoming really special to people because mm-hmm. they're not finding it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because you can't. I mean, you can't right. find it. You know, you can go for a walk in the park and do those things, but you don't know everybody in the park. Mm-hmm. They, they don't welcome you like family. But when you walk into a small place that is proud of what they do, I think it's, it's such a more welcoming atmosphere and it makes you want to put down the everyday bullshit for a second and fucking co-mingle and, yeah. and find out who these people are that have the same interests or likes as you. Well, we've, we've totally seen that here, and, and we have no TVs. We actually, initially, we were going to run a tap list on TVs and do like an electronic mm-hmm. tap list, so we bought TVs and they were upstairs. Then we decided not to go that route, so we've got TVs, and the subject came up and like, do we want to put TVs for certain events and stuff? And no, you know, the answer was no, and we've had so many people come in and say thank you guys for not having TVs. Yeah. Like, not solicited. We didn't ask that. You know, just people yeah. were like, we really love that there are no TVs here. Yeah. And then the phone thing is interesting, too, because we've noticed, you know, work in the bar, we look out and sometimes go like, hey, pause for a second, and like, Count no the one's phones. on a phone. Yeah, yeah, like, hell yeah. No one's on a phone right now. And uh, occasionally, like, people will pick up their phone, they'll like, check something on untapped or do whatever but it goes back down and it's just it's it's a really it's a cool space for that exactly um so you you definitely uh hit the nail on the head with that one heck yeah um so let's get into a beer because we're already like 10 minutes in so let's um first off i my first beer that you guys handed me was your simple saison which is really good um i am a fan of a very as the name says, simple saison. Something that's not super fruity one way, yeah. super sweet, super anything. And I think it's it's very well balanced. So how did this come about? Is this something that you guys keep as like a staple throughout the year? Is this something that's on off during spring, summer? I mean, where where did this one come from? So that's that's a great question. I guess there's a couple answers to that. One uh speaking pretty broadly about our places i think the cool thing about having three of us is that we all have recipes here yeah you know i i work here full-time i'm the head brewer head brewer but we're all brewers you know right. and i always want to remind people like people are like hey great beer and like thank you but it's not just me it's all three of us right. so that beer is actually marcus's beer nice. um that so that's his recipe and we created that for that exact reason we when we were trying to think of the name Simple Saison just came up real easily because it, that's what it is. It's a no-frill Saison. It's it's um, super simple malt bill. Uh, it's DuPont strain yeast, which is very uh, uh, expressive. Yeah. You know, so it's that's just a yeast-driven beer altogether. Yeah, all really and um, it's an easy drinker. It's a really good... It's a good beer for summer. It's a good beer for people that are just stepping into craft beer mm-hmm. and want to kind of latch. That's on what I was going to say. It's something that you know you could you could definitely take a as I have so where I live in Western Maryland. It's just a bunch of rednecks. All the guys I went to school with, and you know they all make fun of me because I show up to a field party <laughs> and I got like a hundred dollars worth of beer with me, and they're drinking Miller Lite thirty packs and and like so I always try and get a six pack or a twelve pack of something that I know. If they ask me, like, hey, let me try that, I can hand them one that's not a fucking double IPA that's 
gonna make them cry and like go hide in a corner for a couple hours. Yeah. So <laughs> something like this is a perfect a perfect step to that. You know what I mean? And I, I I'm glad you said that because this to me is something where you get that light beer characteristic, but it but there's so much more complexity that you begin to pick up in there that it just makes it very interesting as you drink it and and as you're Taste buds mature per se. <laughs> this is a this is a very good uh, gateway drug to the craft brewing industry. <laughs> well, it, it totally is. And the, the cool thing that, to take that a step further. The cool thing about what we do here is is it, there's an educational component to this because people people want to go into a place like this, whether it's ours or another brewery, mm-hmm. and want to sit down and feel comfortable. People people don't want to be approached in a way, because a lot of people come in and they say, almost like with their head down, like, I only drink light beer. Like, they're ashamed yeah. of it. Like, <laughs> don't be, man. Like, it's that's fine. You know, oh, it's yeah. totally cool. Like, exactly. it, it's fine that you like that. So let's talk about, like, what kinds of light beer you drink, you know, what other things. And then through that conversation, you, you build that relationship in a genuine way and say, while you're at it, try this other thing and they go wow because people associate hoppy beers with bitter which isn't always true they associate dark beers with being thick which isn't always true you know there's there's all these kind of preconceived notions about what beer is but it gives us an opportunity once you've built that relationship they'll try anything if you make them feel good which is awesome you know and then people go like wow like this this is this is pretty good i i didn't think i like it or you know we got a good relationship no this sucks like yeah exactly i don't want and that's what i tell we i i helped uh at a couple different places kind of talk to a i usually get started on talking to staff about hops and things like that and and getting them to you know if if a brewery has a hop yard outside that i did you know we sit down and talk to them about the relationship and you know what's out there and how to explain it to the customer and everything like that and that question comes up a lot and that question says you know hey so you know so i always get these people they walk in the door and they're just like oh like what's the closest thing to the yingling and i'm always like i always tell them i'm like look they walked in the door yeah so like they are they walked in with an interest no matter how like recessive they might look or how kind of like and Embarrassed, you know, it could be. Yeah. They, they, they are in here. So you've already got them. So just yeah. greet them with open arms and cater to that. Because as soon as you do, they're going to come back and be like, "So, you know, why did they call it a double IPA?" And then you got them, and yeah. then you can just send them down, you know, the the yellow brick road of fucking amazingness. Yeah. So I think that it's. Um, for anybody that has to deal with that question, it's usually a pretty easy answer because people are ready to try something. For sure. Otherwise, you know, they would have gone to their sports bar and done what they, you know, needed to do. But. Absolutely. Well, we get a lot of wine drinkers that come in. You know, people will come along, and you it's you can you can you can tell like the per, like can I get you beer? Like, no, no, I'm good. And like you yeah. can tell like they drink, but they don't want beer. Yeah. Like, do you, you don't drink beer? And like, no, I don't like beer. And like, what do you drink? Do you do you like wine? Like, yeah, 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 I like wine. So like, check this thing out. So we have this we have a Berliner Weiss uh, that we call People's Champagne. Awesome. We'll, we'll can eat, I try that? Can yeah. I get a little taster of that? Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. Sweet. I that last time I was in here. Can you do can you do one uh, without the syrup and one with? Sweet. Yeah, that's fine. Do like a half quarter of each, so you can kind of yeah see the difference. Is that tank cleaning going to be a problem? Like, is that no? Nah, I think of- it's good. The phone, the phone might be picking it up. Yeah, it's all okay, good. Well, it's if, if we need to shut it down, we can. No, no, that's fine. Um, 
well, always trying to move forward <laughs> yeah, with, with, yeah. with the work. No, and that's why, that's why especially we like coming in and, and, uh, and doing this at breweries. And I think this is more where the show's moving just because I think it gives a more realistic feel to, to what I'm trying to portray. So, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, dude, it's fucking fine. Cool. So tell me about this and, and how this pertains to wine drinkers so, or how you would get them to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this beer, um, it's, it's a Berliner Weiss style beer. Uh, super simple malt bill, uh, 50% Pilsner malt, 50% wheat malt, acid malt uh, to control the pH, bring it down. So it's it's a sour beer. Okay. Um, My favorite. And it's very <laughs> it's a very traditional Berliner Weiss beer. It's a style that came out of Berlin, um, and generally speaking, uh, they drink it out of a chalice uh, with a straw. But they add a syrup to it to, to kind of oh, cut mm-hmm. that tartness a little bit. Yeah. So in Germany, it's either a Woodruff syrup, uh, which is like a green, uh, almost has like hints of like a Jaeger type flavor mm-hmm. to it, um, or a Himbeer syrup, which is a raspberry syrup. Right. So we make our own like homemade syrup, like with fresh berries and stuff to go along with it to kind of so go both routes. And how it relates to wine is, and I don't know if you can see this in the camera or not, but you got obviously without syrup. And then with, right. so people will like here's check this out, and we hand this off, and like whoa, like this is beer, like yeah, it's beer, yeah. you know, like I beer it. can taste like this, and like it totally can. So this is, it's just it's a neat it's a neat thing for people, and it's um it's it's kind of you know you know who the funniest people are are dudes with it because. Uh, they'll be like, oh, like what's that chick beer? Which is, you know, an asinine statement, but yeah, you know, then you hand it to them, they're like, oh, this is pretty good. So then you'll see them <laughs> for the rest of the night, like sitting there with their like, you know, purple <laughs> drink, like and drinking it through a straw. They're all double holding yeah. it, <laughs> which is. But yeah, I mean that uh, uh, the Berliner Weiss. We we did uh, one of our first shows was was going over through some of these styles and and the roles that like syrups play in these over there. And I can tell you that that is a very Strong, very forward base to start out with, and I mean, I think that's really what makes one for me because I can never go, I can never walk up and order one with syrup without trying the base first, yeah, just yeah. because I think it's kind of asinine. Now, for someone not in my shoes that doesn't understand it, it could be way easier done the other way around, mm-hmm. you know, to make it more like an easy step into it. Yeah. So, where do you guys uh, come up with the uh, syrup from? Do you guys use any local ingredients or anything from the syrup, or do you guys crush it, or how to? Uh, when we uh, when we can, like when local berries are available, mm-hmm. we'll make it out of local berries. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, we start. So we started this. Yeah. We took this space over in April of last year. Um, and really didn't start brewing on our, you know, commercial system until October. So it was, we were past berry season. Um, but we're definitely looking to partner with some local uh, orchards and things. Um, I've got some ideas around maybe doing some uh, wild stuff, you know, setting out like a makeshift cool ship out mm-hmm. you know, orchards and things like that. So uh, we, we want to partner with as many local people. Yeah, you guys, are in, you guys are in a really good spot in this valley to do that. I mean... Obviously, Winchester, you know, being known for apples and things like that, but this whole this valley as a whole is very ag forward and very fruit forward yeah. more than you know anything else. I mean, up where I am, kind of out west a little more, you know, it's more like your cold season vegetables and stuff mm-hmm. like that that are really like predominant in in. Uh, in uh, local markets, but man, you go to New Winchester or Martinsburg Farmers Market, you find so many very quality 
ingredients that you could use to blow sours out of the water and things like that and that's you know it's it's always something i always it's one thing i always bring up with uh different brewers from if i'm talking on this show to just you know meeting somebody because that's the most interesting thing to me being a farmer you know is, is hey so what you know what's you know what's the relationship like you guys are in this valley like so what if you guys don't have anything sweet like they do amazing corn around here yep. like how can you fit that into your bill you know you know what have you done that so i think that that's uh i think that's super special and that beer is super special man it's so crisp and so awakening and not harsh at all very easy on the forward and very very easy on the back and the syrup is so light in that mm-hmm. that it doesn't overpower anything and that's yeah. that's a hard thing to find i've been to some places where it's I'll try the base, and then the second feels like a sugar bath going down, you know, and that and this can style, get intense. This, this style has kind of been taken over. Not that there's anything wrong with this at all, but this style of beer has kind of been taken over with people doing tons of, like, fruit purees and stuff in there. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But this one, we specifically wanted to brew it as traditionally as possible and kind of not, not right. fuck with it too much and leave it to be what it is. Because there's... There's there's something beautiful about things being simple too. And oh, yeah. in the world of craft beer that we live in now, it's awesome to be able to play with all these ingredients and throw, you know, things on top of things on top of things yeah. to come up with these neat these neat beers. But at the same time, it's also nice to be able to make something that's really basic and just good. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I think the thing that that we're most proud of with this one is that it's it's a it's a really clean sour with with kettle souring is a very simple thing to do and anyone can do it but it's not necessarily easy in the sense that you can pretty quickly produce a lot of like off flavors and weirdness mm-hmm. with it so if yeah. you don't do it correctly and, and i think this is this is real clean and and crisp and doesn't leave a lot of that lacto like grape nutty it really is much. yeah um so just kind of talking about some other things that that we're doing locally um, so the beer that I'm drinking, this is actually a pilot batch that we did. Uh, there's a, a barbecue joint here in uh, Williamsport, right in the town, called mm-hmm. Smoking Toads Barbecue. Good group, good group of folks. Um, I was actually listening to radio on the way down here, and they must have just like they opened like last month or something, or I two months ago. I, maybe? Well, they just had a grand opening. Okay, maybe yeah. that's what they were talking it's about. Been pretty recent. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I've actually been there. It's good stuff. It's nice. definitely good. I would yeah. I would suggest everybody stop through. Heck yeah. Um, but we in in finding ways to partner with people. Um, I was I, I've never brewed a smoke beer in my life, but I've always kind of wanted to. So we have a ten gallon system we do pilot batches on. And I was down there getting lunch one day, and I said, "Hey, like if I bring you guys some malt, will you smoke it for me?" And I'll do that. So I I took I took like five or seven pounds of just pale base malt down. He smoked it in the smoker that he cooks in using cherry wood, which is is what you know he's working with, and you know this is the end result. And uh, it's honestly today's my first time drinking this. Um, I'm so busy all the time; like, I, I'm behind on, on a lot of things. But uh, I'm really proud of this. Like this, this this couldn't be closer to what I was hoping for with this. Cool, so, cool. Um, so like working working with those guys, uh, we sell uh, food here in our tap room. So we, we're, we work with Palmyra Cheese, which is right down on Downsville Pike. Mm-hmm. Have uh, world-renowned cheese, you know, right here at yeah. home. So they're, okay. they make cool stuff. Um, 
we have uh, we have a resident artist uh, Sonia Venegas who um, did our logo and does a bunch of like cool artwork for us but she also makes badass hummus and so she awesome. makes that like fresh here for us um, awesome so we're just trying to find every way that we can work with as many local companies as possible and I especially coming from Burlington, like Vermont lives and dies on local. Man. Oh yeah, They're, they oh, are yeah. like the poster child for local. Um, yeah, it's I, it's insane. I mean, I, even going up there uh, just to snowboard and stuff like that, you, you go into a restaurant and it's almost hard to find an item on the menu where you don't know where the ingredients come from. Yeah. And I mean, it's not it's not in three places in town. It's at right. fucking fifty. You know yeah, what I mean? It's right. yeah. and it's and it's rad. I think. And I mean, we've talked about this uh, a lot lately. It's it's one of those things that you're you're seeing that small town revival come through. And some places like Burlington have been like that for years and years. Right. I mean, they you know they have a very good history of that. But we're starting to see that pick up in places that you never would have thought you had seen. Sure. You know what I mean? Kind of like the bigger, more industrial spots where, you know, these these um, blue collar or you know the next step up type of crowd is starting to look for that. And I think that's, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be you know not only a, I think with the craft beer, I don't, I hate calling it a fucking boom. <laughs> Uh, with the craft beer growth as as you know an industry, you are you are seeing so many other industries not only benefit from that but really kind of attach themselves to that. And I think that's the I think that's like one of the coolest things when you see other people like, man, like where the fuck did these guys come right. from? Exactly. Like they're making goat cheese like three minutes away. Like yeah. what? Like what? Yeah. When? Um, and now there's there's people like us that are able to support them and yep. say, hey, man bring it on up like you know let us help you sell it so i think it's i think it's super rad um so you guys are basically uh three and a half barrel is what i kind of walked through back there yep. you guys had um you're telling me about like you know kind of some space you had added on so so what are your as a starting brewery you guys went open for what about Eight months, like a no, little bit. No, we're we're like three-ish months. Three-ish, in, yeah, like three, three and a half. Months. You guys have been brewing for a little bit longer in this space, haven't you? We, or am so, I way yeah, off? no, no, no. Yeah, we did. Okay. We we took over. So we took this space over April first of last year. Okay. I had to do our build out and all that stuff, but as soon as we could, as soon as we were legally allowed to do so, we started brewing on the pilot system mm-hmm. and um, started doing festivals and just kind of banking some beers for various things. Um, we got our equipment in October, and it took, for a million different reasons, it just took forever to get open. You know, yeah. there are so many Hell hurdles yeah. to jump through opening a brewery, or probably anything alcohol-related, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, it just took forever. Now, I will say, and, and, and this is no bullshit, I, like, we legitimately have had the coolest people at every level of government to work with through this entire process. That's From awesome. the feds all the way to the local people, everyone has been helpful. You know, they've, they've gone out of their way to, to explain things and just, you know, move us down the line. And uh, I have very little like I, I there's nothing that's I can awesome. complain about. Well, know? I think too that that has that has a lot. I mean, I I know working with uh, in government side of things uh, on a couple of various projects uh, with hops and things like that. I know that 
one of the most important things too is having a good attitude going in it and making sure that they all know that in a sense like you're just dumb and you're just trying to do <laughs> exactly. it the right yeah. way right. because there's a lot of people that will go in I mean I've seen it happen a million times there's a lot of people that go in and try to skip steps and, yeah. and push forward and that's when you really hit these setbacks and, and the things that can hold you up for you know you're not talking months you're talking like a year or two and, yeah. and it's just because you, you didn't approach it the wrong way because you know, I tell people all the time, the guys like you that have done it the right way, you don't really run into these massive hurdles. It's just taking your time and making sure that you hit all these different criteria that you're asking about. So that's a that's another very good lesson to learn from you guys is not to skip anything sure. and, and, and take advantage of the resources. Because now, luckily, in the state we're in, those resources are fucking there, man. Yeah. It's not. I mean, yeah. when you go to the Fed level, they know exactly what you need to do and they'll basically write it down and even on your local level if they don't and you're very open about what you're doing in the community and things like that they'll work it out within themselves and 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 really help out a lot i've seen it well and there's there again you know i think i think it it benefits everyone to do some education around that too because when we started telling people we're going to open a brewery we're the second brewery in in the county you know, followed by Antietam, who mm-hmm. also also was awesome. You know, we opened like Bill and, and Daniel, and everybody over there has been incredibly helpful. But even though they were already here, people don't necessarily know. Not everyone knows what this looks like. You know, so we they assume it's just this other bar. You know, it's just right. this other bar that's going to be open until two with shit faced drunk people. You know, driving exactly. cars, slamming into trees and stuff. You know, and like. That wasn't the case, so I think in, in trying to explain to people what our actual goals are, and through that process, I think people go like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of cool. You guys are doing something different, and that we do want to be a part of the community. This is not a profit-driven situation. If we, if, if we were strictly motivated by profit, we're in the wrong fucking industry, yeah. especially at the size that we're at. Yeah. You know, we're, we're grinding every day. And oh, yeah. You know, we want to make good beer and have a place for people to just enjoy being. Like that's first and foremost, and and be a positive impact on the community. Yeah. Um, and just to speak to what we were talking about earlier, as far as like setting this up, the one piece of advice I think I would give to anybody that wants to do this is call people and talk to them. Tell them like this is what I intend to do. Like what what do I what do, what do I need to do? You know, what needs to be done on my end? Right. You know, from building inspectors to you know, liquor boards and things like that because they'll tell you and then you do those things and then you turn your paperwork back in and they come out and go check 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 like you guys are good cuz you knew. Yeah. Don't argue with them. Be a human. You know. Yeah, like, exactly. I've heard with people like yelling at building inspectors. I'm like, "Why would you do that? What what sense does it make?" It's like yeah. it's like yelling at a police like, exactly. Why? Yeah, why you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna get anywhere no Stop. matter what. So yeah, so just Heck be yeah. a human about it the whole thing, and, and I think people are pretty interested in what's going on. Heck yeah, sweet. Um, so whenever so you guys when you guys got started, um, you three as partners, tell me how they got you down here from Vermont, or or how were you? How did you end up leaving Vermont? In, in the beginning, begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um. So. Hey man, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. When I was uh, given an opportunity to come back to the East Coast, and I was living in Texas, it was 
It was a very hard leave for me, just because it was, I was living very close to Austin. I was working on a ranch. It was kind of like all of my best worlds were like yeah. right there. Right. So it was, it was, it was a uh, a challenge. So don't worry about saying that because. <laughs> well, it's just, <laughs> at first it, things it can is. seem. You know, in, in all honesty, uh, it was it was a it was a hard decision for me, and I, I, it actually it got to a point where they were like, they called me up one day. All right, listen, dude. You got to decide, or we're moving on without you because we can't. You know, we're, we're doing right. this, which is totally legit. I get that. So I think my thing with this place is I have grown. I I've grown up with kind of a love hate relationship with this because it's my home and mm-hmm. I love it. Right? I I grew up. My parents' house is close to the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I grew up running around in the woods. I love the seasons. I love the trail. Um, I, I love being near the river. Like, there are a lot of things here that are just super cool. There's a lot of history and just a lot of, like, neat architecture and all kinds of things that Washington County has. Having said that, it can also be a little backward in, in different ways. And, oh, yeah. you know, it can be a challenging place to, you know, to be. Um, so I think what, what for, for my, you know, just for my my the thing that drove my personal decision to come back was that the whole concept of um, make the changes that you want to see be part of that positive change or just shut the fuck up. You know, just right. stop bitching yeah, yeah. and just stay away from it. Exactly. So I, I think, and a lot of people have been saying for a long time, that Hagerstown at some point will hit a tipping point and things will start to change. It'll get a little more progressive. And, and it's not that we want to, like, change this place so it's unrecognizable. We just want to elevate some options for people. Right. You know, there are people that are in our generation that have, have grown up here, gone away to college, done some things, and then kind of come back. And now we have families and stuff, and we kind of look around and go, well, I guess I'm going to Frederick, you know, because there's yeah, nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. So, Exactly. There's some. There's just some some neat things in the work now, and I I think we're at we are at that point where I don't know if it's a year, I don't know if it's five, but things are finally getting to the point where they're changing and they're getting better, and there are more options and there's stuff to do, and, right. and people are embracing that. You know? And I mean, and I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's a thing too that you have to you know you have to judge your success too, not on not on an entire community because. Fuck, man! You can spin wheels. You can be in the most conservative place in the fucking world, and want to do something cool. And you never know when it's going to hit the right group of those conservative people, and they just say, "Hey, man, you know, like, hey, we started out with ten people in our tasting room, and now we have fifty. Yeah. But that's our fifty, and that's our community, and that's and that's what's bringing us together. And I always tell people that sometimes that little bit of change is even better than just seeing this massive like. Yeah. Overtaking of things that happens sure. way too quick, and everybody gets lost in it. And you're like, "What the fuck just happened to where I grew up?" So I think that I think that that part is 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 really special. Is seeing the the small places like this, and and the small farm places that are doing different things, and and seeing just those crews of people that are slowly realizing, and then slowly coming back. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, like they're bringing their kids in here, and they're playing around you're like man what's up next exactly. thing you know you know those are your friends and you and you've changed the landscape within your own life and 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 around that and i think that is really really fucking special i mean that's that's a massive change when you look at it so well you know building out building this place out in the way that we so it has things that we want you know and it's um it is it's neat and and i i think i think we're there you know I, we're close 
Um, I think, you know, we've, we've done really well uh, since we opened, and, and so many people, again, have said things like, thank you so much for doing this because we, we're, we're starved for something like yeah. this. And, and it's, it's pretty humbling, you know. We're not in any way, like, cocky guys or anything. So it's, just, it's, it's really cool. People people will have family in town from wherever, and they come in and they bring them. And it's like this is our you know this is our brewery. Like this is come check out our brewery and like oh, yeah. our tap list. You know it says up at the top, uh, your beers, but the Y is in uh, parentheses because it, it's it's everybody's beer. You know it's our beer right. that we made, but it's your beer because we make it for you. And like it's that it's it, that's a small thing, but it is just this sense of community. And I think there are lots of people that are really proud to have this in their backyard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's 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 been good. And again, you know, building the partnerships and um, things. So you know, the, the back to the the question of me coming down. You know, we definitely it was a back and forth thing, but um, I'm. I haven't looked back. I'm I'm super happy to oh, yeah. be doing what we're doing. Awesome. So speaking of your uh, your our beers, um, I've seen Face Chop over there since I walked in, and it, you know it was 11:30 on a Tuesday when I walked in here, and I was like 8.2 percent. Maybe I should wait till 12:15 to try it. Yeah. No, so I want to get on that Face Chop real quick and and talk about it. Um, you should definitely make that your third beer. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Uh, so tell me about this. Now, you guys, we talked uh, the last time we sat down about kind of like the, the role that IPAs play in, in your brewery, and, and you made a very good point to, to the fact and that I respect you said this a lot, was the fact that, you know, we don't want to be known as an IPA uh, IPA brewery, but it's also your beers, and we know that the people really like IPAs, and we love playing with them. So, so explain uh, Face Chop here, this eight point two percent. So glass of amazingness in front of me. So <laughs> Face Chop is it's an all such a double IPA, uh, really really simple, again really simple malt bill. You know we. As, as I say that, I realize we, we do a lot of things simply. You know, yeah, we don't I know. It's come up like 10 here. times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting because yeah. I'm just connecting that. So light bulb moment. But um, I don't know that that's necessarily been intentional, but but I guess that it, I, it probably has. Um, so we, we are beer nerds at heart. We love good double IPAs. Um, this is an all-citra double IPA, um, basic malt bill. Um, this one is uh, made in the vein of a northeastern style IPA, um, but also still carries a really, really fair amount of bitterness, West Coast style bitterness to it, which was something that we wanted to do. Um, we, our hoppy stuff, I think, is some of our best stuff. I think we're good at it. I think it's you know, I think it's partially driven by what we like to drink. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on it, but in, in saying we don't want to be an IPA brewery. We, we're constantly doing different beers. We're just to the point now where some are coming back into rotation, but we've brewed, you know, juice bombs that are super low in bitterness and just really, like, flavorful, mm-hmm. juicy, um, tropical, like, awesomeness. Um, we've brewed rye IPAs that have that real spicy rye character that accentuates the bitterness. Uh, we've got this, which is pretty massively bitter, um, yeah, but it's not it's not massively bitter on that first 
gulp. I mean, it's yeah. it's not. You sit there and let it hit the back of your throat and kind of and kind of wait on it for a second. That bitterness starts to pop up. So it's it's a it's a confusing uh, it's a confusing beer on your palate. But man, that the citra comes off so smooth at the beginning, and that's. For that amount of bitterness on the back end, that's a hard transition to make. Yeah. And I think you guys, you guys really hit it good because it's not that first sip doesn't make you go oh, like shit. Because I've had a lot, I've had a lot of a lot of citra double IPAs that are like, whoo, like, and that's the thing too is that that's almost an easier, simpler you could put it double IPA to step into because you're not everything's not punching you in the face and yep. when it does hit you on the back end it kind of eases you into it so yep. you know the bitterness doesn't just as soon as you swallow it it's not all there mm-hmm. kind of resonates for a little bit and kind of builds on that on that back end so I think that's it's a fucking great job. Yeah, great third you. beer for the day. Yeah. <laughs> great third beer for the day. I don't know where we go from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you do go from there. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that. It's um, That was something that we opened with and was a was a big hit for us. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I think, again, kind of moving into the educational uh, realm with people is that showing them that hops aren't necessarily bitter they can be they can come off in way different ways depending on how you use them um there's a lot of people who are newer to craft beer and are only drinking ipas because those those juice bomb ipas appeal to a really wide range of oh person, yeah right because yeah. like hop well i mean that's how you can transfer a wine drinker too very sure. easily you have it you, sure. you know you have these very juice bomby things that hit you hard and sweet and you're like yeah. ooh that's fucking easy to drink right and the next thing you know you're stumbling to your car and you don't understand totally. why totally. <laughs> when I think that's something that, that I, I feel pretty strongly about communicating to people that, that come through our place is that the things that, that are in front of you are done with intention you know like yeah. it's um, everything that we do we do for a reason and that's not a juice bomb. People will be like, well, this isn't juicy. I'm like, well, it's not supposed to be. Like, it wasn't. We never yeah. intended for that. To yeah, be exactly. We should have been here a couple weeks ago when, you know, Dank Pursuit was on. Or we have a beer called Jello that's, like, crazy juicy. And, you know, like, it's – and that, that stuff will come back. But we've only got eight taps. You know, we don't have yeah. we don't have 20 taps running right now. We, we started exactly. with that. That's what we've got. And, you know, we're kind of rotating through stuff to – but I mean, I, I, another thing to point out too is, is, like you said, you have eight taps. I think that, I think that that is where a lot of new-ish breweries are, are starting to get lost too, because you see a lot of breweries that are under a year old or yeah. right at the year mark that have seventeen beers on tap, mm. and that is cool, and I love the expression and everything like that. But you're not going to try all seventeen and like them, and I think that. You know, by by sticking with a with a lower number, being proud about what you're brewing, changing it up a lot, letting the people decide what comes back right. because they're the ones that count. You know, I mean, you know, you and I could probably sit here and put 15 beers on tap that like 80 percent of people would hate. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you and I would be in the back like, this is the fucking shit. Like, I love this. Like, why do we have 12 sours on? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that. Uh, 
I think that that step is is kind of crucial nowadays to 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 the not only building a portfolio, I guess you could call it, but but also really relating with your audience that comes in because I mean that's really what gauges you know what you're doing. I mean, you know, we can beer nerd out in the back and talk about things that that some people's palates will never hit, but right. until you find Hey man, this is our valley. This is what people are looking for. This is, right. you know, these are the good sellers. These are people, you know, they come in. You, I know you have your locals that bug you until you bring something back on exactly. tap. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And you know, at that point, you know, okay, maybe that is worthy of taking up one of our taps mm-hmm. full time. And, and then before you know it, you have these, you know, four or five just rock solids that. No matter what you put on that, those last couple of taps, like those are moving just as quick because yeah. people are, you know, super focused and and pumped on those. So I, I I like that. I mean, don't ever. I hate when people are like, yeah, you know, we have we have six taps. We're really hoping to get to like thirteen, fourteen. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like I mean, you know, if I go to a brewery, I'm, you know, I I visit a lot of breweries. Mm. I never try more than four beers in a brewery. I'm my palate's wrecked. So what the fuck is the point, really, in my book? You know, um, but even if I was a local, I would appreciate solids. You yeah, know, yeah. go to so you can come back in, and, and the people the people will speak. I think, well, and I, I think for us too, it's a quality over quantity issue. You know, exactly. I, mean, I guess we could have more taps, and we've actually talked about putting a couple more, but we want. Uh, like we want a kombucha tap running, you know, we want to be able to like yeah. serve kombucha. We want like a cold press coffee tap, you know, like yeah. have some other cool things. Again, working with local companies, yeah, that's not even our shit, but it's on and it's it's cool. And and uh, we have some friends that make kombucha that uh, we keep down there sometimes, zone in there now. But occasionally, like we'll be working and we'll crack it. People are like, "What is that?" And, like it's kombucha. Yeah. What's that? Nobody knows. You know, people no know one knows. And then, you know, so you let them try it and like, that's weird, but it's, that's kind of good. You know, yeah. and again, it's, it's just something new for people to latch on to mm-hmm. you know, and it's good for you. So, Fuck yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think that the quality thing is, is really important to us. Um, in general, we're not afraid to dump beer. You know, we dumped a couple full batches of beer. It's like, wow, that, that fucking, sucks. <laughs> that that's really not very good. <laughs> well, the cool thing about being as, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me. I'll have a moment. Like, yeah. right? So let me walk out back, kick yeah. the dumpster a couple times, and we'll be good. But it, the cool thing about being as small as we are is that we can do different things all the time. Like yesterday, we brewed our 60th batch of beer here. You know, since we since we took the space over, and some of those were pilot batches and things, and 34 five of them are probably different beers you know and honestly we're just constantly doing different things i mean there have been mornings where i'll write a recipe that morning i'll sit down come in here at 5 a.m sit with my coffee and just kind of zone out and just think about like what are some of the things we've been talking about and like do it brew it and run and sometimes that turns out really well you know we, we luckily have have not dumped a lot of beer but other times man it, it's no bueno and we just gotta it's gotta go down the drain yeah you know? okay and we don't want to serve stuff that people are are not gonna feel you know? yeah so well and that's better than dumping a bunch of shit in and trying to make it taste better absolutely just to make a buck so absolutely because you run across that a lot these days too um sweet well i mean what else do you want to cover 
Anything? I don't know. Anything you know, we're I, missing there? I don't know. I don't know what we're missing as as far as, as other stuff. But I I would just I constantly go back to our community and whoever locally listens to this. I can't thank the people around here enough for for coming in and just trying oh, yeah. us out. Um, we've got so many people that come through here regularly and grab crawlers for dinner. You know, they'll roll through, yeah. grab a crawler, and ball out and just take it home. And um, we just, in the short amount of time that we've been open, we've met so many cool people, um, had some really neat experiences. Uh, if anybody listens to this and, and has a, a local business that they feel like, wow, we could do something, you know, we would mm-hmm. very much entertain that. Um, yeah, I think we're just really grateful to be doing what we're doing. As corny as that may sound, you know, it's, yeah. it's I think we're we've we we are humbled by the amount of business that we've done and the support that we've seen and um, you know, we're gonna our intention here is just to continue to do what we're doing, make the best beer that we can, um, and serve the local community and what happens after that I have no idea. Right. So oh, yeah. So no big sellout dream soon. I'm not turn into ABM Hagerstown's first not wicked weed. Door. <laughs> not um, you know, so there, there's an interesting topic. For for the longest time, I've been I've been a guy, and I work in this industry. I own this place, and I've been the guy that goes, I don't really give a shit who sells their business. Yeah. I don't care. It's your business. Do what you want with it. To that extent, I care less what happens in this industry. But but. The, the turning point and the thing that's really pissed me off, and I think a lot of other small craft brewers, is when you start buying up proprietary rights to ingredients yep. to restrict oh, access. Yeah. Now you're being a douchebag. Oh, like yeah. that's fucking. No, I mean when the, when the place. when the South African thing hit. I mean, it was like I was like, yeah, this was this was pretty much what I was expecting, and and the thing is now too is it was it was funny because it kind of was like back to back with the wicked weed thing. It kind of yep. like happened at a weird time, and yep. I was like, man, that's really weird why they would do that right after acquiring like one of the gnarliest. In my opinion, I was there two months ago. Thankfully, I got there one last time because I probably won't go back um, in Asheville, and the. Um, I think to me, seeing that monopoly come in and take something that the rest of this industry, guys your size and things like that, it affects everybody. It just doesn't. It it doesn't affect the guys like you know the the top one hundred that can you know needed these big you know bills and things like that. No, it it affected the you know the smaller guys a lot. I mean, and it was it was. It was pretty apparent. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I don't give a shit who sells out. Like, honestly, I was let down by Wicked Weed. They were one of my favorite ones, um, and I didn't like to see it happen. At the same time, I understand you sit in front of that kind of money, and you're kind of like, well, fuck. Like, you know, that would right. be a sweet retirement. Like, sure. I can't really, you know, I can't really knock it. But, but then the way that. They came out. I, okay, so that happened. Then everybody pulled out of the Funkatorium. Right. And then after that, they had made a statement about, um, you know, well, we hope that, you know, we can still get money to yeah. this thing. Well, what they, or their 
writers or whoever the fuck was taking care of their social media hadn't seen is I saw at least three quarters of the people that pulled out of the fungatorium have a different way that they were donating money right. to that same cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, you guys are really being douchebags now. <laughs> like now you guys are like just adding shit right. on, on top of right. it. So I think that I think that you know with every sellout, there's there's. Um, there's a little hate in the industry no matter what. Um, and I think it comes down to just being kind of let down as, as some of your favorite guys start to disappear. But I, I think that as – I think one of Ambev's especially biggest mistakes of doing was was that hop deal. Yeah. Because I think that there will be – it will be way harder for them to acquire people now. Yeah. I really do. I think it will be – I think it will be – I think that was the entire reason they acquired SAB Miller was for those hot fields that SAB Miller owned. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, the, the argument from the other side with that, and I haven't, I haven't been reading a lot of this, but the argument's going to be, well, what does it matter? Because we've never brewed with South African hops, so I, you know, it doesn't affect us. But that's not the point. It's what's coming after the. Food. Yeah, it doesn't. That's that's one step. I'm sure there were others. You know, there's more stuff, and like it just, it's not necessary. But I do think the the on on the. The upshot to all of this, though, is that I think we're craft breweries, small breweries, I think as a whole, we're strong enough now and we have enough of a following that it doesn't matter how they try to stomp us out. It's not going to, it's just going to strengthen our position with the people that really support what we do. I I agree completely. I I just think it it is a, uh, it's one of those low points where you see, you know, that bully in high school kicking the shit out of the smallest kid. And right. you're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah. come on, dog. Like, why don't you go, like, fuck with the starting line exactly. of the football team? Like, so I, I think uh, I think it'll gradually just kind of figure itself out. It'll especially take- especially with, like, what we were talking about, the small the small town community kind of feel that's coming back into things. Mm-hmm. It was that... If you had something come up where Ambev walked in here and had some magical reason why you had to st- shut your place down, yeah. there would be a line of people outside backing you up. Yep. And I think that that those those people that are that are kind of in the forefront are going to make the difference. I mean, yep. now you might not see that with the bigger guys in craft, but the small town guys I think are are good because they've been built by the people around them, not sure. by anything else. Right. Um, well, sweet, dude. It was fucking awesome having you on. Um, we will definitely come back around whenever you want and chat about cool. your beers. Um, I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I think you guys have, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best outlooks, one of the best motivators behind what you guys are doing um, of a lot of people that I've met in the industry. So I was... Like I said, I was super pumped when we when we got to chat at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and so I'm, Really happy to have you guys on here and, and spread your message. And if there's anything you guys want me to come out for, any event, anything like that, I'll bring my phone and my recorder and we'll we'll get to town. But uh, we equally appreciate you guys doing this. You know, exposure yeah. is is great for us, and just to kind of spread the message that we're here. You know, we there are a ton of people that don't even know we exist at this point. We haven't really marketed ourselves other than uh, online social media okay. and. Um, it's uh you know any exposure is good exposure for us definitely so So. well thanks so much man absolutely man all right guys we're gonna sign off of here um thanks again to garrett all the guys that uh make kushwal happen around here you guys are on the right track and uh we hope to hear from you soon as of that we are signing out talk to you guys next week later